I'm BJ Yoho, and welcome to Thundercast. On this episode of Thundercast, we will be interviewing our brand new art teacher, Mr. Daniel Zapata. How are you, Mr. Zapata? I'm doing great. What got you into art? Like, what made you want to teach in the art program? Uh, you know, ever since I was a little kid, from the time I can remember, I wanted to be an artist. And I don't know that I even really knew what that all meant, but I just knew I liked art. Okay. Um, I used to say things like, and I'm probably at this point maybe like five or six years old, I would say things like, I really want to work for Disney. And we actually talked about this the other day. Yeah. Like, I always wanted to be an animator or, you know, in some sort of, like, you know, in, in cartoon entertainment. Um, and I always just drew. I carried around lined paper forever as a kid. Um, eventually, I got sketchbooks. Um, I have some artists in my family. So, actually, I have an aunt that lives here in Bloomington that's an artist, and she inspired me quite a bit. Okay. Um, I would go out and paint with her, and um, I'd... I could ramble on and on and on. So if you want to go on to the next question, just ask. Okay. I know, I'm good. But, uh, you know, I, I had the opportunity when I was in fourth grade to win um, uh, lessons to paint um, oil painting. And that really kind of got me interested in, in painting. And so that's sort of the area that I would say is my main concentration. Um, when it comes to teaching art, that didn't come until a little later. So I got my 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 college degree was in studio art and with a concentration in painting and a minor in art history. Um, and then I sort of graduated and went out into the world and and found a bunch of jobs that I yeah. wasn't doing art in. And so I have a, a younger brother who was a teacher and he teaches, he taught just elementary education and then he got into special ed. And I just saw how excited he was about education, about teaching. And so I d- made a decision probably I don't know, three years after I graduated the first time to go back to school um, at Indiana University and got my education um, in art. And so um, it just it, it, it became something that I really wanted to do as a career. And I thought that was an avenue that I should that, that I could um, be successful at was was in teaching art. OK, that's pretty cool. Um, I like how you said you always got all these different sketchbooks. That's always like me. I have. In, in my room, I always have my own, I, I like to call it my art box. Mm-hmm. I've got all these different papers, pencils, pens, and all that. So I've just mm-hmm. got a lot of stuff. And then it's just, I like to draw and write, and paper's my favorite thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I recommend, and, and you probably already do this, but save everything you do because oh, it's, do. it's so cool to go back and look at those things. Um, and, and then just kind of see how you sort of grew and your and your skill and talent over the years so that's that's great i always i actually do do that my mom gets mad at me sometimes though <laughs> because i'll be looking through my stuff and all of a sudden i'll find a picture that i drew like when i was like five and mm. she'll always get mad at me She's like why did you throw this away and i'm like i i, I just like to keep stuff so <laughs> I, I i always like to keep all my stuff uh-huh. when, when i have it and so. i'll and i'll caution you because if you start to collect art supplies that becomes an addiction you, it's hard not to just get pens and pencils and you know all various t- types of erasers and sharpeners and yeah so <laughs> warning yeah it's uh, but it's a lot of fun yeah I'm, I'm I always like to um collect like different pencils and pens like that mm-hmm. I don't I don't like to think I'm crazy over it but <laughs> um I always I I really I guess really like to collect all this stuff cuz I never know when I need an extra Absolutely. pencil. Absolutely. That's right. Why do you love art so much? Like what is most special about art to you? 
Uh, you know, I think it's just being able to create something from nothing. Um, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, the feeling when you're drawing something. And I've always been somebody who I admire other people's art, but I like to create my own stuff. And I have not, there's nothing wrong with, with looking at somebody else's art and trying to, to, you know, gain skill by drawing what other people do. Uh, but I always liked comic books, and so I would try to create my own characters and, and create my own heroes. And so that's why a lot of my stuff from when I was a kid was is just like, you know, these, these you know, superheroes. And uh, I remember, like, uh, my, my grandma used to always be like, well, why are you always drawing these monsters? I'm like, because, you know, it's just interesting to me. It's, it's fun to do, to just create something from nothing. Uh, and I, you, you might have heard me say this. You're, you're in my digital class, but like in, in my regular 2D class, I always try to tell the kids that they're like, and it's going to sound a little hokey, kind of like a Bob Ross type thing. But I tell them like they're the master of the paper. They get to control everything. They get to make, you know, do whatever they want. Um, and I don't know. To me, that's that's a awesome feeling. Yeah. Well, Bob Ross was a really great guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I always I I liked how you said you always drew comic books and you like to make mm-hmm. up your own characters. I do that a lot too these days. So I I like write and draw all the different comic book characters. Mm-hmm. I'd tell you all about them now, but I'd be going all <laughs> all day on them. Yeah. But I just like to do all that too and just writing different stories to them and making mm-hmm. just basically giving them character and, mm-hmm. and that's a light that's, on them. that's one thing that I have never been really good at is is writing the story. You know, so I can I can draw it and illustrate it and you know create the I guess a picture pictorial story but so I admire that to to be able to write a a, you know cohesive storyline and um, I know we've talked about just different um, I don't know we were talking about Marvel the other day and some of those things I'm always fascinated about how people can just kind of keep evolving these stories out of you know one thing leads to the next and the next Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's awesome to me. I always like a lot of quotes they say when they come when it comes to all those you start small and then the to make it grow you got to develop Mm-hmm. the what's happening in there like you got to develop different characters mm-hmm. and um backgrounds and settings that's how it grows more mm-hmm. and so I, that's why i really like it so like, like one it. element then like leads to the next element yeah with, yeah mm-hmm. it's kind of the same way with with for me with drawing and painting i think is you know again starting with one thing and then just kind of i, I always have an idea of what i want to do but then the final outcome never looks like what i had imagined yeah. and but i like that i think that's kind of fun it's just sort of I, I feel like if I was really hard on myself and had to had to create what was exactly in my mind that'd be too much pressure you know so I kind of like to take that pressure off yeah. and too there's a lot of art paintings that I know about I can't really think of their names but there's a lot of arts art pieces that I know that the artists they originally insisted on creating it for and to give it this kind of mood mm-hmm. a certain mood but there'd be all these other viewers who would look at it and think something totally different so mm-hmm. it starts out as one thing but it grows into like different purposes and right. moods that it has which is cool because it's like you as an artist I think or anybody that's an artist can create something and have an idea of what it means but once you release it to the public whether it's a, a movie a painting a drawing you know a mural then you open that up to everybody else's interpretation and you kind of have to like be okay with that because everyone's going to come from a different point of view and they're going to see things differently. And, you know, maybe one symbol, it means something to one person or a color, for example. Um, you know, so I, I, I kind of like that too. I like the fact that people can um, create their own ideas off of your art. What is art to you? 
it? It's a great question. You know, so I, I, I think that when somebody has a certain idea and they're really passionate about it and they create something, that is art. And nobody can tell them it's not. And, and I'm not thinking of anything specific. It's, it could be something very graphic like a, like, like a word, just like, you know, a word with three colors. And they really spent a lot of time and effort on it, and, and they had this reason for doing it, and that could be called art. Somebody else may come in the room and see that and be like, well, that's just a word on the wall, you know. Um, so it really, I think, I, for me, it goes back to that kind of that feeling and that effort that a person puts into creating. Um, and I will say there are some people, in my opinion, that create better art than others, but that's not to say that the art that isn't better is not good and it is not art so there's a lot of stuff in more modern art that I see that part of me wants to like just kind of scoff at and be like ah that's ridiculous or that's terrible but then if I go further and I read about what they're what they were intending and then I read about the artist and then maybe read about the history of the artist and where they came from then I can go back and look at their piece and then I I I come from a whole different understanding of it and and I've done that quite a bit you know I uh it helps me to understand. I'll tell you, there's a there's a guy uh, artist, and and he's not a modern artist. I mean, he, I, at the time he was a modern artist, but he's no longer he's no longer living. His name is Mondrian, and he he does these paintings that are very geometric, and they're they they use a lot of primary colors, red, yellow, blue. They're like squares and lines. And when I first saw this stuff, I was just like. What is that, you know? And then I, and then so just like I said, I got into like art history classes and I learned where Mondrian came from. And I realized that he actually started painting these very realistic paintings of like nature and trees and kind of, um, you know, like singular trees that just had a lot of different branches. And then, and then like later on, he was like, well, getting into kind of like abstract stuff. And so he started turning these trees into more just geometric lines. And then he started just going simple, more simple with the color. And I could see that sort of where he started and where he ended, and it made me really appreciate where he ended. And so, but like, I guess that's just an example of how at first I didn't think that's art. I thought that was, you know, that's terrible. That's so easy. But then you realize it's not about how hard or easy it is. It's really about like the the point that they're trying to get across. And really, I think he was super successful with that. And that's just one little example of, of many different types of you know, art that I at, at one time when first inspection thought, ah, that's not very good, you know. And I think the the beauty of art is that it, it can mean so many different things and it could be a splatter on the wall or, or it could be like a, you know, a, a glass marble um, that's got color in it or it can be a beautiful painting of a portrait of a person. Uh, so there's just the variety of it. So I don't know if I specifically answered that question, but I, I just feel like it has to do with the passion of the artist and it has to do with like the intent behind it. Um, and if they have that, those two things, then then it's art. That artist you mentioned, it kind of reminded me of um, what I first when I was first shown abstract art, art type. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first look at looked at it, I was I completely didn't understand it, and yeah. I, I guess didn't like abstract. But the more I read into it, I kind of looked back at it, and it re- it it was really pretty interesting. Right. How go because abstract isn't it? It's kind of trying to bend what it really looks like a little bit i'm not really for sure i mean there's all different kinds but yes so like an artist may be coming from a point where he's trying to use color to create an emotion and it's not about what the picture is so it could just be a field of red on a background of black and maybe he was trying to you know talk about like 
passion or love or maybe you know if it's like on the other end maybe it's like death or sadness or depression and so you know that is pure abstract it's nothing there's nothing that's uh i don't know what what's the word i'm looking for real or like realism would be like you know a painting of a house with a with a you know a couple trees and a barn in the background um and that's very you know that's that is what it is. You you look at it, you can tell what it is. But then an abstract art would be something that's more about the, the colors combined or the way they use color or the way they're using line. Um, they might be using line real with a lot of energy and maybe they're trying, there's an artist named Jackson Pollock that just did splatters of paint. And it's like, you know, he's trying to like show this, a lot of friction and energy. And then he started using different colors. And so you have these juxtaposition of like these ideas. And then you, you think, well, it's really just a bunch of splatters of paint. But but there's there is all that other stuff to it, and so that's that's what abstract is like non-objective. If something's objective, it's like, you know, a, a picture of this microphone and these headphones. Um, if it's non-objective, then it could just be, you know, one black line with like a blob or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you interpret it however you want to interpret it. Mm-hmm. And I I always view every piece of art. It's always got some meaning to it. And even though the artist themselves may be the only one that really realizes that. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I always think every art has its own little purpose mm-hmm. to to look at look like what it looks like. Absolutely, like how you said a black background with a red canvas or mm-hmm. something like that. It it may not look like anything to anybody else, but at least the artist knows it means something. Right, and I think going back to the question of what is art, if the artist creates something and they really just just kind of did it because then that's when I would argue, well, you know, that's not art. You know, maybe they just were bored one day and they just thought, ah, I'm just going to, like, put this painting on a paint on a canvas. I'm not saying that artists don't do that because maybe that, that type of experimentation might lead to something that's more like, you know, this amazing work of art. But I just think that if there's a meaning to the artist behind it, then that's where that's where they really can say, oh, okay, this is, this is art. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, a- abstract art is interesting to me because of the freedom of it. And so like the type of painting I do, I would say is like more an expressionist type of painting where, and, and if you think of, to give you an example, like like Vincent Van Gogh who did the Starry Night and um, like the, the sunflowers, and he did a lot of paintings of landscapes of fields, but he painted very expressive with lots of bright colors. And then artists started getting more away from like actual things and just using color to express feelings and things. So I like to combine that with, cause I love color with with like objects or symbols that i that i'm into and so lately i've been painting a lot of trees for example so like i use tree a tree as a symbol but then i use different colors that aren't realistic so i kind of combine a little bit of abstract a little bit of realism together um and so to me that's that's the most fun type of art to create um but you know that like like i also enjoy art that has a sense of humor and i think that when you can laugh at something that's um, you've probably heard me say this in class. That's totally a valid thing. If you're creating something to make somebody feel feel like comedy or, or laughter, um, it's just like creating something to make somebody feel happiness or sadness. Um, and so I'm kind of more, I think my opinion or my perspective when it comes to art is I'm kind of more drawn to that type of art. So there's a, there's a style of art that was, oh gosh, the, like probably early 1900s. Um, called Dada, and so actually, I think of the IU Art Museum. There's a there's a um, it's it's a urinal, and it 
has something written in French, and gosh, I can't remember. The artist's name is Duchamp, but it's just, it's a urinal. And he put it on a wall in a museum in a gallery, and actually originally just in a gallery. And he was trying to, the, his, the whole point was just trying to kind of like challenge the establishment of what art really is. And that was his reasoning. And so therefore, that to me, that's art. And it's now in a museum. It's, in, it's at the IU Art Museum. Yeah. Uh, he also took a, a poster of Mon, the Mona Lisa, painted a little mustache on her. And then he wrote, again, he, he was a French guy, so he wrote something in French at the bottom. Uh, you know, so that type of stuff, just like, like I, I like that. I kind of, I'm drawn to that type of music. I'm drawn to that type of art, even that type of like television and entertainment. Just something that makes me laugh. Yeah. So I kind of got off on a tangent there, but... Oh, no, you're fine. So I think you kind of went back into this one, too. Um, was art your for- first choice for a career? Like, what are some things that you wanted to do as a career before you wanted to come and teach art? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I always thought that I was going to be an illustrator or a cartoonist. That was what I originally thought. When I was in college, I, I, I probably thought that that whole cartoon thing up until mid-high school. And then when I got into college, um, it's funny because my dad was always like, you need to take business classes and you need to go into, you know, you, you're you smart. You could be a lawyer. And I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't want to do that. And, and but then he would say, well, what do you want to do? And I really didn't know. I just wanted to take art classes. I wanted to learn more about art. I wanted to learn techniques and I wanted to be able to have the opportunity to be able to to create and when I was graduating, I will be honest with you, I didn't really know what I was going to do. I didn't have, um, like a lot of majors, they line you up with, um, well, like with, with teaching and education, you get lined up with, um, you student teach, which is, um, you know, basically gives you that, that full immersive experience. And a lot of other jobs, like if you go into like, oh, certain business degrees and accounting, you'll you'll take a, a year or maybe half a year and you'll go in and you'll work as an intern and, and, you know, you get this experience. Well, I didn't have any of that when I graduated the first time. It was just like, all right, I'm getting ready to graduate. What do I do? And so I I did seek out art-type jobs. So I worked at um, I worked at a museum as a security guard. And so to me, that was still being involved with art, even though I was walking around and telling people not to touch paintings. Um, I worked at a couple of music stores because I love music also. And I would like to say that I play music and, and, and sing, but I don't really. I th- the, way, the best way I play music is by hitting the play button. Um, but I just love to listen to music, and so I wanted to kind of get into that as well. And so I, I kind of went down that road a little bit, and I started traveling around a little bit and seeing some bands, and I started doing a little bit of like promotional stuff, which is essentially like working for a band where you get, you know, you hand out flyers and posters and things, and you get people to come to the, see their concerts. But then I realized after a while, like, that, like I'm not making any money doing this. I'm spending money going to these places and doing, you know, going to get these concerts. And it was a lot of fun, though. Um, and then so through that, I kind of, like, went into, I started to make posters. I started to make, you know, stuff, stickers and T-shirts and different things like that. And that was fun for a while. Didn't really do it, like, professionally, though. It was just kind of like a hobby. Um, and you know, all the while, this is kind of going back into the previous story. I was noticing my my younger brother was, you know, having a career and 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 enjoying what he was doing, and so that kind of then convinced me to go back into school to to get my education degree. Okay. So yeah, I'd I'd love to have this like dream story to say that I you know was gonna do this and this, but I, you know I really didn't know. Yeah, I, you know. thought, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Especially Which, being the security guard in the <laughs> museum, that basically lets you 
get well, to look at art every day. Well, I'll tell you a funny cool. story. The The museum I worked in was actually in Bloomington, and uh, it was a great, they have a great collection of, of like 20th century art, older art, African art, um, oceanic art. They have all these amazing galleries. Not very many people visited. And so, like, I would have these, oh, like several hour shifts where you're just stuck in the gallery. And when people weren't there, I just, I sat and I read, just, I read books. I, like, started reading novels, like, a lot. And so, which was kind of interesting to me because I didn't read a whole lot of novels. I would read, like, other stuff to, you know, magazines and books, like, smaller books or whatever. But, so it was kind of like a eye-opener for me. Like, I started getting into these more interesting, like, literature and, 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 uh, you know, really good stories and books, which I think kind of goes back into me as an artist. It kind of like fed more ideas into my head for like what I wanted to do to be creative. Mm-hmm. So it, it it was a good, it was a positive experience. So this kind of goes back a little bit again, and this kind of goes, told me you want, were originally wanting to go work for Disney. Mm-hmm. Are there sometimes that you wish you would have gone to do something like that instead of going into the educational Oh gosh, no! Actually, once I started teaching, I just fell in love with it, and and I I knew that before I started teaching because once I started taking education classes, um, and and I will say I didn't have to go back to college for another four years. I only had to go back for another year and a half because a lot of my previous credits counted towards my education degree, which okay. was awesome. Yeah. Um, but this is I've been teaching for twelve years now, and yeah. I started out nine my no ten years. My first ten years of teaching were with elementary kids. And it was a blast. I loved it. It just like every day I was excited to go to school and, and just do different projects. And, and, and I felt like this is going to sound funny, but I felt like it's like I got to like play with art for my job, you know, and like not everybody else gets to do that. Some people have to wake up and they, you know, they work really hard, whether it's outside on a farm or whether it's in a factory or whatever it may be. Or, the, or some people have to go sit in an office in a cubicle and you know, are looking at a computer screen all day. So I just, I love the freedom of being able to plan my own lessons because it was all about art. And then also like just get to like do things, get to paint every day, get to get to play with clay. Um, I will say after about seven or eight years of teaching elementary, I was, I was ready for a change. I still wasn't thinking like, oh, I'm going to go into, you know, something else. I wanted to stay in education and I had the opportunity to teach at a high school um, and it's just like a whole new awakening for me. It's it, it was great. So I, this is my first year here at Eastern. But oh, yeah. uh, I, my actually my first year teaching high school was in uh, was at WRB. Once I started teaching high school, it's like a whole new ball game because, uh, you know, you're working with kids that understand things. Uh, and and I'm not downplaying elementary kids because there's you know. There's a lot of benefits to, to teaching little kids, but then when you get into high school, you really get, like, I just was amazed by the talent, and I, I will say here at Eastern, there's a lot of talent. Um, there's some things that I've done with kids that I've found out that maybe they didn't like that, but then, and I, and I was thinking, oh, well, this person's probably not going to like art at all, and then I do another lesson, and then all of a sudden, they blow me away with what they've done. So I will say, like, the, the recent, we just designed graffiti names, and that one has been a big hit, and, I, and I've, you know, done that with a lot of the classes because like the kids just really enjoy it you guys seem to enjoy it and then um and so it kind of renewed a couple of things where I thought oh this kid doesn't gonna isn't gonna like art um and then you know they they blow me away with this amazing stuff that they do so that's the thing about teaching is that I get to like be constantly surprised 
uh, you know, yeah, there's days where, you know, not everybody's in their best mood or even I'm in the best mood. I mean, we're just all human beings. But despite all that, it's still just fun. It's just a lot of it's a blast. I've met a few people that um, they love what they do for a career, but they've said that there are some days where they just wish that they would have done something else. Sure. But it's really cool that you really you really love what you do. I think that's yeah. really great. Well, and I and I I'd still as a hobby paint i still make posters i still i still see as much music as i can so i feel like i'm pretty happy in my life like i i still can uh and i also realize as i got older actually working for disney wouldn't be that great of a job unless you're like the head artist or the main illustrator unless you're creating the characters you're really just like one of many illustrators uh, or cartoonists on an assembly line um, and actually now a lot of things are computerized. So you're working with, with like digital animation and, and things that I'm not actually very, you know, I don't know a lot about. So I think it's, I don't, I think this, you know, teaching is a perfect for me. Now I will say that there, there are some times that like, I would love to teach, um, like art history on top of art. Um, and then, you know, part of me thinks, well, maybe one day I will go back and get a master's in art history and maybe even go any f- go further and possibly, you know, one day work at a university. Those are the types of dreams I have, though, like continuing to do something with education. That's that's a pretty good idea. I like that. So yeah. when you said the art history, do you mean like a history of how art has changed over the years? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm particularly drawn to like 20th and 21st century art. So like I, I totally I love all art through history but I think I'm more interested in like more modern art I guess and so like I wouldn't necessarily go into teaching like Egyptian art or mm-hmm. I mean ancient Greek and Roman sculpture is amazing you know but I'm just more interested in what people are doing I guess more modern type stuff yeah um, and I try to I try to put in some of that stuff in my classes now anyways I see a lot of it um I'm in your class your second hour mm-hmm. class at least and I, I I do see a lot of it that you try to incorporate a little history in it a little mm-hmm. bit too I, I just really like it. Yeah, it's good to know where you like like things that are based on other things, and I think all artists, well, nothing's truly really original anymore, but it is. So, like, I think a good artist can take something that someone's done, take it and mix it up and change it, and then come up with something new. But if you think about music and paintings and, and digital art and animation and and audio video. A lot of things are kind of rehashed, you know, yeah. and I think a lot of times if, you know, I'll go into some like, oh, there's some TV shows that I really like when it comes to like comic books and stuff that I enjoy. But those are characters that have had movies and cartoons and TV shows, you know, for the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. And they just like it's a new writer, a new, you know, a new vision. And so I really like that. I don't know where I got onto that topic <laughs> for, but I, I think it's really interesting. Yeah. What inspires you to do your way of art? Okay. Yeah. I so I love color, and I like the idea of color having a meaning. And I think there's a different sort of there could be different interpretations about certain colors, but there are some I I think ideas about color that are very concrete through a lot of different societies and civilizations. So I like to play with that idea. Um, and so the other thing that inspires me is music. And so like whenever I'm painting for myself. I always have music on in the background, and it's usually a couple of different specific bands that I like. And it's music that is um, improvisational, and a lot like jazz, too. Um, and so I'm inspired by that idea of coming up with an idea, but then 
essentially improvising on the canvas um, with bright colors. I, you know, like I said already, I've kind of been on a tree kick and I've been on that tree kick for probably five plus years. And so a lot of my paintings that I do like include a tree or multiple trees in some way, but not like the standard landscape where you just see like a woods with the sky and, you know, um, so I'm inspired by, um, I don't know even how to say this sort of like, uh, like electronic, electronic music, lights, things like that, that are, uh, upbeat. I think there are there are artists that would be maybe more inspired by like you know things that are like slow and sad or mm-hmm. or, or things that are calm and I kind of like excitement and yeah. and so like you know that to me translates visually to like bright colors maybe like lots of like maybe heavy lines yeah. um, just what keeps it interesting just what keeps it interesting okay. yeah I like movement on canvas and and not necessarily movement like a picture of somebody running but movement where um, you might see a couple of trees and they look like maybe they're flowing and moving. And I'll do that through just like the way I do my brush strokes. Um, and again, with the way colors interact. So using like bright colors that are that are warm colors. So colors like red, yellows, oranges on top of cool colors like blues, like blue background that like pushes to the front of the canvas and really has a lot of energy. I'm inspired by, I, I guess, energy, motion. I also like um, impressionism a lot and so that that idea of trying to capture like a one single moment in time and like if you look at like an old Monet painting and you see this um, you know not like not like the lily pond but you'll see like a, a, a river in France with like a building in the background and like these little boats and if you look at it it just kind of looks like it's moving and flowing and I like that idea of capturing that I will say that I don't know that I've ever been successful doing it mm-hmm. but like having that as a goal is is important and and so then I, when I'm creating I'm trying to capture that that's a great question I'm inspired by a lot of different things really um, I love to travel so I'm inspired a little bit not a little bit but a lot by um, like art from other cultures so like art from um like i've I've been to china and so when you look at some i'm thinking of uh, if you go to beijing there's a big like complex called the forbidden city and it's where the emperors always lived um and there's all kinds of stuff i could say about that but these buildings are so amazing and they have these this architecture with all these woods that interlock these wood like beams they interlock and it's it's basically all wooden and i think in throughout history it had burned down several times and been rebuilt but on these beams they carve it like the the heads of animals and then they have all these bright blues and reds and gold a lot of dragons and stuff too yeah. and that that inspires me just cuz it's just it's just so cool i mean there's i don't know any other like you know art artsy fartsy word yeah. it's just cool it's really neat yeah. um, i think about um, if I think about like the kind of lines that are cool, I think about like Islamic art that has these like really amazing and it's essentially it's like it's like script, but they've done it in such a way. And it's also, I guess, the same for like like um, like Chinese um, symbols and Japanese symbols and Korean symbols. They, they it, it's it's language, but it becomes art because of the way it looks. So that that that's inspiring to me. Um, going out to the desert and seeing the different colors of rocks like in um oh, I went out to Utah a couple of years ago and and was just blown away by you know when the sun hits the you know mesas and the rocks in the right point you see all these reds and oranges and uh, you, you almost can't recreate it it's you know it's amazing so nature inspired by nature i know a lot of different people that go to different places and for example like china or the desert mm-hmm. and they'll just sit there and like just paint different stuff i've mm-hmm. seen it 
I don't know if you can see, I don't know if this is a good example, but like on TV shows mm-hmm. where you'll see them just I don't know sit up in front of a mountain and just bring a canvas and just start painting. I just think they get a, a different historical places can give you like different um, inspiration for art. Oh painting. yeah, oh yeah. And I will say where we live here, it, the the sun sets and the sun rises are so beautiful. Mm-hmm. That inspires me too. I mean, and the, the windows like in my room after they got them all put in and, and they, they, you know, kind of finished all the drywall and everything. I feel super blessed to be able to have those windows in the morning and just look straight out into the, the Eastern sky and see, you know, the amazing sunrises. Um, and then what was I thinking? Oh, this morning, just driving, driving to work, seeing this giant moon mm-hmm. setting and then seeing the sun coming up. I'm like, I've pulled out, I'm not gonna lie, I pulled out my camera and my phone and I was like, I better not do this and put it back in my pocket because I'm not, you know, I'm driving. Yeah. Um, it'd be terrible to do, so. <laughs> so how you say you got into education, you said about 12 years? Yeah, I've been teaching, this is my 12th year teaching. Okay, yep. so you've been teaching for 12 years has any of your students taught you anything about art? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I think one of the things that I've learned from my high school students the most is it's like having this uh, having this desire to be able to create art and then like kind of feeling, you know, maybe like they're not so good and then being let down, but then have like, being with that student or those students over the arc of a period of a semester, I, I, I just learned like that perseverance, that idea of just like, don't give up. Um, you know, again, I think being a human being, there are some times where you just get so fed up or you're just like, I can't do it and you want to quit. And I've seen plenty of students that have, you know, been on the verge of like, I'm not, I'm done. I, I can't, you know, have that big word yet on my wall. And I, you know, I joke around a lot about it, but I'm like, you know, the kids, I can't do this. And I'll say, read that word yet. Um, But it's just taught me that perseverance is important. Um, I I think like you just, the idea of continuing to keep trying and keep moving on, um, like with with high school kids, the kids your age, you don't have any other choice. You got, you got to, you know? And then like, I think the older you get, sometimes you can get comfortable and kind of sit back and, you know, not necessarily work as hard. And, and I, so like, it's just that feeling of like, you know, I, I, if I just put a little bit extra effort in this, I'm going to, you know, this lesson's going to be better. This day is going to be better. You know, whatever I'm doing is going to be better. Um, and then I, you know, from my elementary teaching years, it was just that kind of pure joy of doing it. Um, you know, sometimes again, you know, sometimes the older you get, you, 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 you might lose that joy or that feeling of excitement from doing something because you've been doing it for a while. Um, and so it's just like that, that pure happiness and joy from creating art. And if like, you know, once you kind of feel that again, you're like inspired and you're, you know, motivated to do it more. So those are, I think, probably the two most important lessons I've learned from my students. Speaking of class lessons, a lot of your lessons for second hour digital design class, it's been like different, this diversity of creative and awesome stuff. Like you had us do, or we had to come up with our own memes mm-hmm. and we had to come up with our notebooks and paint paint on a cover. Where do you get the ideas to have us do all those? Is do you have a reason that you have us do that specific? Yeah. Or? Yeah. So there's there's certain objectives that I want to get across. Um, now that I will say the digital art class is a fairly new class for me, and so I'm still kind of like 
I guess almost piecing it together so that I can create the best curriculum for that class. I wanted to start out with photography mainly because the, you know, most kids are carrying around, and I heard this statistic just a couple days ago, something like 95% of, of teenagers now in the United States have a device and those devices have cameras on them and they have basic photo editing technology. And so I thought like, you know, selfies are a big thing and social media is a big thing, but why not like start out by teaching the basic and basics in photography. So talking about like um, composition, rule of thirds, color, light, um, you know, placement of, of subject matter. I mean, all of those things are things that like if you have that little bit of knowledge and then you go out and then I, I just feel like people are going to take you guys are going to take better pictures not to say that the ones you take already aren't great because um, that's the other thing about these cameras that we carry around in our pockets is that they're just amazing they're they're way better than any of the digital cameras that uh, yeah. I had when I was younger um, I mean I, I remember one was like 4.5 megapixels and these are like I don't know upwards of 10 something megapixels so um, so that's kind of like I, I base most of my lessons on whether the state has put out standards for um, so like for two dimensional art, the state will put out a set of standards for three dimensional art. They put out a set of standards. So I start by looking at the standards that I'm supposed to touch on. Um, but then like the beauty of, of what I get to teach is that then I get to like think of, well, how can I come up with something that's going to be fun? It's going to be interesting for me to teach and also interesting for you guys to do to create that's then also going to like touch on these standards that I'm supposed to, to meet. So it's kind of a mixture of those two things together. Um, I will say like being my second year teaching high school that I'm still working on ideas to make it the best. And I think that's something that a teacher is going to always have to keep, uh, you know, like you learn from this and then you might be like, well, that didn't work. So I'm going to take that and not do that again. And, but I'm going to grab this and take that. And, and thank goodness for the internet because there's, there's, you know, you can essentially Google, you know, you might have three ideas and put all three of those ideas in a search engine and Google it, and you're going to come up with some, like, amazing things. Um, I've, I'm not a fan, just like I'm not a fan of copying straight up somebody else's work, I'm not a fan of copying someone's straight up lesson. So, like, I usually will take bits and pieces, pull them together, you know, write the lesson out, make sure that they're meeting those objectives or the standards that I'm supposed to teach. Um, and I'm getting kind of technical, but... Um, I think that's probably how most teachers are doing it. I just have the, the joy of being able to do it with art rather than like with math or not that there's anything wrong with that <laughs> or, you know, English. Um, so it's a little bit, I, I think it's a creative endeavor because I know that there are some people that teach and they have a textbook and they can just go to their textbook and they have their curriculum laid out for them. And it's like day one, you do this, day two, you do this, day three, you do this. So for me, I kind of have to figure out, okay, well, what am I gonna do? What's my schedule? What's my agenda? Um, so part of me loves the freedom, and then part of me is also kind of like, ah, sometimes I just wish I had it laid out for me. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it, it's, it's um, all, you know, in the end, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun to be able to create that curriculum on my own. But I will, but there, there are, the state, you know, Indiana does put out, you know, visual art standards that they want, you know, by the time you're um, a senior, you should know, you know, this, 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 and this, mm -hmm. whatever it may be. As long as we, as long as you know the basis, but it's really great to, um, have to have a lot of the creative freedom for that. Yeah, I really absolutely. like your class. I really, I really do. Thank you. I I still own a lot of your a lot of the pictures that I made. Oh, good. Your class, yeah. Good. I'm glad. Know. There's probably a lot of people that might be listening to this. Many of those people might they like art, but they're 
too afraid to get their art out there. Do you, would you have anything to say to them? To That's a great question. Um, gosh, you know, I think if it's about getting your art out there, and this may sound a little cliche, there's there's like Instagram and Twitter are what I use. And so I have um, built up a small little following and I have, I created my own hashtag. I call it zap art. <laughs> and <laughs> now that I'm putting that out there, people, maybe they'll check it out. I'm going to check it out um, after this interview. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, that's one way that you can touch on a lot of people. Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of negatives to social media, but there's a lot of positives to promote yourself, self-promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, if you really want to get your art out there and you, you know, you want to be, um, recognized it, this is something that you just have to keep working at. You got to keep practicing. Um, I, I, I get sometimes in class when I say, I want you to plan it out. I want you to do three or four sketches. I want you to practice. And sometimes I'll get eye rolls, but almost every time somebody does take that and they, they work on something, you know, for a couple of days at before they start on the, whatever the final piece is, they're always so proud of what they, I don't want to say always mostly so proud of what they created. And I, and I remind them it's because of all that pre-work you did. And so I would put that out there to anybody do, do the work. It, 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 it might be time consuming, but it's fun. I mean, you're, you're, you're making art, whatever your tr- medium of choice is. You know, if you're into photography, go out and take lots of pictures, take thousands of pictures and thank goodness you don't have to develop film these days. Really. You can just put them on your computer. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're into painting, go out and paint. And, you know, sometimes these things can be a little expensive, but, um, you know, you don't have to buy the most like, you know, highest grade painting, uh, or paint supplies. You can, you can start out, start out basic. Um, I mean, you can go to, you don't have to go to like a fancy art store, go to just, you know, any, any store that sells a set of paints, a brush and a couple canvases and, and just do it. Sketch pads, you know, keep a sketch pad and just always draw if you're into it. Yeah. So it's, it's uh the the ten thousand hour rules. What I like to t- point out to people, like there's this 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 philosophy that if you work at something for like ten thousand hours or more, you will become a master at it. And all that's really saying is it's just somebody that practices and, and keeps at it and keeps at it and keeps at it. Um, so that that would be my advice. All right, that's pretty inspiring. Yeah, I just want to thank you for joining me. And this was awesome. Okay. I enjoyed this so much. I'm so glad I got to do this. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Thundercat. Please tune in for our next episode coming very soon. If you have any suggestions or comments, please email us at thundercast at egreen.k12.in.us. You can subscribe to hear every episode of Thundercast on iTunes, Google Play Music, and Podbean. All content in this podcast is property for Eastern Green School Corporation and may not be used without express written permission. All rights reserved.